good evening. Let's try that again. Good evening. There we go. Welcome to Wednesday Evening Chapel. We are nearing towards the end of the trimester, the end of the year. Seniors, let me see. Who are all our seniors here? All right. They can see the light. The end is near. What a wonderful year it's been, amen? It's been a wonderful year. We've been enjoying our time here in chapel. I'm so thankful for our chapel times. I, I've been blessed by our, our time uh, just to just be in communion with one another and just learning what it means and experiencing what it means to trust in our God. Our, our preacher for this evening is Dr. Laurel Madsen. He's on his way. He's vice president for marketing and recruitment. He's going to help us hear from the Lord. Like I mentioned, our, our theme has been about trust been learning and experiencing what it means to trust and and we believe that he will direct our paths so let us say our, our theme for this trimester trust in the lord with all your heart and he will make your path straight amen we believe that this evening let us stand as we worship this evening Good evening to you. Was JC about to have a heart attack before I walked in? I didn't plan it that way, JC. I apologize to you. If you'll take your Bibles, please, and turn to the book of 1 Peter, the fourth chapter, 1 Peter chapter 4. I want to begin reading with verse 7. Would you stand with me, please, while we read from God's Word? 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning to read with verse 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, Love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully, administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. I'm, I'm struck by this entire passage, but I have recently been struck especially by the phrase, the end of all things is near. Um, well, for those of you who are seniors, it's not all things, but uh, graduation is coming very close, isn't it, Mason? Oh, that's the biggest I've seen him smile in three weeks. 
I don't know if it's because of all the last-minute exegeticals that he's got to get done or the fact he's going to miss doing all those exegeticals. As I, as I think about what Peter is writing here, Peter is writing in, a, uh, in an age, in a time, when everyone believed that the, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ was going to be very, very soon. And they lived, they lived with that in mind constantly. They were constantly aware of the fact that they anticipated that he would soon split the eastern skies and return for his own. I'm not sure, I haven't lived in all ages since this was written and today. Uh, some of you may think I have, I haven't. But I do know that in the time when I was growing up, there was a lot more urgency about the end times were coming, and they were coming soon, and they were coming quickly. When I was a child of nine or ten years of age, we had a pastor in my home church. Uh, every single Sunday night, I understand some of you don't understand that, but we used to have Sunday night services in our churches. I'm just, just kidding. We, some still do. Uh, every Sunday night, my pastor preached from the book of Revelation. I don't mean every other Sunday night. I mean every Sunday night. And he could preach hellfire and brimstone so that a little nine-year-old kid would be quaking in his shoes couldn't sleep through service when Brother Adams preached. Uh, I, I, I still love him. He's still alive, retired in Michigan. And, and a, few, a couple of years ago when I was in Michigan, I had dinner with he and his wife and, and uh, then preached in their church the next morning. Uh, he was so proud that I was there to preach. You know, I was, had been the little kid that grew up in his church and I could, have, I could have gotten up that morning and said, boo, and he would have said, praise God. <laughs> but I remember him quoting chapter and verse again and again about the rapture and hellfire and all of that and on and on. And he was so convincing that I came quickly to believe that I would never live long enough, the earth would not stand long enough for me to graduate from high school. I was thoroughly convinced. He named dates and times and places. He quoted Adam Clark in areas, Adam Clark wrote a commentary, uh, was, the, was the Wesleyan commentator. My pastor could quote Adam Clark and and chapters and verses and phrases that I've never been able to find in Adam Clark. I don't know where he found them. But there was a sense of urgency. I'm not saying that I want us to go back to that, uh, that time when we thought that we would do better if we scared everybody into religion, into salvation. I'm not saying I want to go back to that. But I'm saying that there ought to be about us, wherever we are, whether we're a senior awaiting graduation or a first 
trimester student who just arrived in town a few weeks ago, there should be a sense of urgency, not just about our studies, but about who and what we are. Back in those earlier days, oh, I've lived so long, it seems. <laughs> there was a song that was, was popular. It was released in 1969. It was, it was sung by Frank Sinatra. It became sort of the epitome of the me generation. The song was, I did it my way. I, I looked up the lyrics of that song. Just for those of you who are young enough, you don't even know for sure who Frank Sinatra is. Uh, oh, sorry, shouldn't have said that. Was that you, Heather? That I'm sorry. Don't want to feel that old, okay. The epitome of the now generation that said it's all about me, which quite frankly is the way too many people live today. The me generation, and here are the words of the song, I, and now the end is near. And so I face the final curtain. My friend, I'll say it clear. I'll state my case of which I'm certain. I've lived a life that's full. I've traveled each and every highway and more, much more than this. I did it my way. Regrets? I've had a few. But then again, too few to mention. I did what I had to do and saw it through without exemption. I planned each charted course each careful step along the byway, and more, much more than this, I did it my way. Yes, there were times, I'm sure you knew, when I bit off more than I could chew, but through it all, when there was doubt, I ate it up and spit it out. I faced it all, and I stood tall and did it my way. I've loved I've laughed and cried, I've had my fill, my share of losing, and now as tears subside, I find it all so amusing to think all that, I, excuse me, to think I did all that, and may I say, not in a shy way, oh no, oh no, not me, I did it my way. Then I want you to listen to the last part of this song more closely. For what is a man? What has he got, if not himself? Then he is not to say the things he truly feels, and not the words of one who kneels. The record shows, I took the blows and did it my way. not the words of one who kneels? The, the, the philosophy of that generation and frankly the philosophy of many in our generation today is I'm going to do it my way no matter what anyone says or thinks I will do it my way. Peter on the other hand says the end of all things is near. Therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. 
the epitome of the me generation, said, not one who kneels, not one who bends, I did it my way. And as we approach the end of this year, whether you're a senior about to graduate or one of us who will be staying around for a while, my advice and encouragement to all of us is, therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. But then Peter goes on, above all, love each other deeply. The person who says, I did it my way, doesn't have necessarily much love for other people. But the admonition that Peter brings to us today, as we understand or should understand the urgency of the time in which we live, love each other deeply. Why? <laughs> oh, because love covers over a multitude of sins. We get into too many disagreements with each other, don't we? We hear something in class that we don't quite agree with. We take exception, and if we're not careful, we begin to make an exception of the way we feel, not about what we disagree about, but instead we begin to feel less love toward the person who disagrees with us. But Peter says, as you see the end times approaching, and we don't hear much today about the end times, but I heard, I heard it was probably my pastor back in the, in those late 50s who was preaching from Revelation. I'm sure he said this one night. If it was true back when Peter wrote it, how much more true is it today? The end of all things is near. Love each other deeply. Can we not look beyond some of the differences that might divide us and the different opinions that we might have? But Peter goes on. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Grumbling, what a word. Reminds me of that good Old Testament word that was often used of the Israelites related to Moses. They murmured. Don't you just love people who are always grumbling, 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 and murmuring about something? Never quite sure exactly what they are saying because... They're just grumbling. And then if we're really wise, not even really caring much about what they're saying because they're always grumbling. Peter says, offer hospitality to one another. What, what, is, what does that mean? Invite each other into your own homes? Well, yeah, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Well, no, none of you can come over tonight. We've been gone for almost a week, and the house is in no condition to have anybody over. So no, we're not going to offer that kind of hospitality to you tonight. But a hospitality that would reach out with love when a person is in need. A hospitality that would reach out to, 
to be aware of individuals and where they are and what their needs might be and move as rapidly as possible to do something to try to meet those needs without grumbling about it. Also, we can get so cynical, can we not? People can take advantage of us so quickly. And when you are uh, of the type that offers hospitality and you get taken advantage of, and I'm reminded tonight of how badly I am using prepositions at the end of a sentence that doesn't work right, but please ignore that, okay? Offer me hospitality. Don't grumble about my English, okay? It's so easy to get jaded. When someone takes advantage of us, then we are, if we're not careful, less likely. If we're not very careful, we are less likely to offer hospitality to the next person in the same situation, or for that matter, to even the same person in a similar situation down the road. Peter says, each one should use whatever gift he has received to, er to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. I'm, I'm struck by that phrase. What does it mean, God's grace in its various forms? What are the various forms of God's grace? Oh, we've all experienced God's grace in many different forms. We, we have, I trust, experienced God's grace in salvation. We have experienced God's grace in entire sanctification. We experience God's grace with every breath we take. Every meal we eat. Every class we're able to sit in and comprehend. That's God's grace in its various forms giving to us. And Peter is saying, use the gift that you have been given to serve others ministering God's grace to other individuals. And then he goes on and gives a list. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. It's another way of saying whatever you do. Whatever you do, do to the glory of God. Why? Because the end of all things is near. He's coming again. My father never had a great deal of education. My father had to drop out of school when he was in eighth grade. My father was a farmer. But my father was very wise, and uh, he used to have some wise sayings, the longer I live, the more I am aware how wise some of those sayings were. I'm closing in, well, it's none of your business how old I am, uh, but I'm closing in on that age anyway. My father used to say when he was my age, you know, it doesn't take very long to live a lifetime. The older I get, the longer, the more I realize it doesn't take very long 
So again, no matter how old God allows us to be, the end of all things is near. So you and I need to be ministering God's grace in its various forms in the way that God has given us his gifts and his graces. Not doing it my way, but doing it his way. A number of years ago, I served as what we would now call a worship leader. Back then we called it minister of music. And that was in the days of not nearly as much specialization in uh, church uh, staff ministries as we now experience. So I was not only the minister of music, I was the minister of music, education, and youth. And uh, as part of, uh, part of my ministry of, in music, we had a choir in the church. We had a, a beautiful choir. For those of you who don't remember choirs, I'll see you after the service. I can explain what a choir is. We, we came to the, the point in time a few years ago that we switched from eight-voice choirs to seven-voice worship teams. But, you know, it's a big, big shift, big change. Uh, but we had a big choir in that church. And so uh, not long after Christmas, we had put a lot of effort into a Christmas musical at the church. And and we heard that uh, there was going to be the U.S. Navy Band. Sorry, Steve. Well, Steve's not here tonight, okay? The U.S. Navy Band was going to perform at Olivet Nazarene University. That was only 60 miles away from us. So we decided we would go as a choir to celebrate our ability to, to sing and listen to some good music. So we drove up there, and I was sitting in what was then the chapel at Olivet listening to that beautiful music from the Navy band, and, and one of the young men that was part of the Navy band stood and sang, I did it my way. Sang all the verses I just read to you. Sang it beautifully, every note crisp and clear. Sang it almost as good as Frank Sinatra would have. And while he was singing, while he was singing words like, not the words of one who kneels. And while he was repeating over and over again, I did it my way. My mind went back to that very same auditorium about two months earlier. We were there for a homecoming concert at Olivet and uh, the quartet that I had sung in as a PR group back when I was in college had been invited to sing, and they were doing that night <clears throat> the Bill Gaither musical, Alleluia. And our quartet had been asked to come back, and it was our 10th reunion. It was the first time in my life I ever really felt old when one of the choir members came up to me and said, Excuse me, sir. I'm not a sir. I'm just, you know, like you almost, but... But we had sung our song, but that particular night, one of the music professors at Olivet had sung the Bill Gaither song, The Longer I Serve Him, The Sweeter He Grows. The professor who sang that song was Mrs. Naomi Larson. Mrs. Larson had come to Olivet as a student 
in the 1940s. She had met and married one of the music professors and then become a part of the music faculty and had served with great distinction. She and her husband had led the major choir at Olivet for years and years and years. She was now in her declining years. And that night as she sung, the notes were not nearly as crisp and clear. She was not quite as on tune in every note she sang as she would have required of us just 10 years earlier when we were her students. But I sat there listening to the Navy band and that gentleman singing, I did it my way. And I thought of Mrs. Larson singing, since I started for the kingdom, since my life he controls, since I gave my heart to Jesus, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. The more that I love him, more love he bestows. Each day is like heaven. My heart overflows. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. And some of you in this year have experienced the words of the last verse of that song. Every need his hand supplying. Plenteous grace he bestows. Every day my way gets brighter. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. And I sat those years ago in that auditorium and I couldn't get away from the contrast to I did it my way and the longer I serve him the sweeter he grows the more that I love him more love he bestows each day is like heaven my heart overflows the longer I serve him the sweeter he grows We need to be reminded again and again, the end of all things is near. And whether we are quite as anxiety-ridden as I was as a nine and ten-year-old boy listening to my pastor preach every Sunday night on hellfire, or if we have grown up and now tend to be somewhat more sophisticated in our understanding, we think of God and who and what he is, my encouragement is, let us live today as if the end of all things is near. Thank you. Let's all stand and be dismissed and so on. Dr. Madsen, would you come and close us in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight for the truth of your word. 
And I thank you tonight for the truth that I have experienced in my own life that I could say with certainty tonight, the longer I serve you, the sweeter you grow. Lord, my desire tonight is not to stand tall and testify to all around me I've done it my way. My desire tonight is to humbly bow before you and say to you, God, use me in any way, <clears throat> in any way that you see fit. May the gifts that you have given to me be used for the advancement of your kingdom. May my life be a testimony. May all of our lives be testimonies to the fact that we are ministering your grace to a lost and dying world around about us, your grace in its many forms. Help us to live daily in light of the urgency of the message, the end of all things is near. In your name I pray, amen.